filibuster, filibuster freestyle, filibuster, filibuster. Watch out for the filibuster. Ladies and gentlemen, here we are, another edition of the Filibuster Freestyle Hot Take Video Edition. It's your buddy Gavin. From a perspective, for those of you who are watching this on Facebook Live, the giant microphone from Yeti, the blue, the blue mic from Yeti, is in front of me. If I move up closer, you realize that, you know, I'm not exactly uh, smaller than the microphone. But this view on Facebook Live looks fantastic. For those of you who are listening, which means you're not watching this live, you can't see any of it. Anyway, Cousin Barbara Brooker's watching. I can see that on Facebook Live. What's up, Barbara? Happy New Year to you. Anyway, folks, I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt tonight because it's, in, it's the East Coast. It's January. And even here in Charlotte, North Carolina, we be freezing. And so I'm wearing the Hawaiian shirt as an homage to uh, the summer, maybe the late spring, maybe the early fall, something that doesn't involve snow. For instance, we're going to have one to three inches of snow in Charlotte this week, and by this week I mean tomorrow morning, and they've already canceled school for the rest of the week. Now, where I come from up in New England, we don't cancel school for one to three inches, but hey, different strokes for different folks. We're all wearing Hawaiian shirts. we got to get it going. Speaking of Hawaii and places that are further away than Hawaii, Number one place listening last week for the first time ever, Tokyo, Japan. Hello, folks in Tokyo. I don't know why, how and why you found us in mass last week, but you did. This is probably only the second time ever the United States has not led the weekly listings, and Tokyo pretty much did it all by Tokyo self. It is, I believe, the largest city in the world, if not top three for sure, and they came out in force last week. Number two, United States, buoyed by Kansas City and, of course, Ashburn, Virginia. I want to give it up to Tata Banya, Hungary, and Lima, Peru as well as top cities listening. Some other top nations besides the U.S. and Japan, the United Kingdom, France, Saudi Arabia, Peru, Hungary, Canada, Spain, South Africa, and Australia. We're keeping an eye on the Australian Open. You know it's true. All right, a couple hot takes. And then what we're going to do is we're going to not have a very long video podcast, but tomorrow night we're going to interview our buddy Andy Maslin, the pride of Bill Ricca, Mass, now by way of the Gulf Coast in Florida, and he's going to do his rant of the month. So the only way you can get the rant of the month is if you go on filibusterfreestyle.com or go on iTunes and find us and subscribe on iTunes or go on our SoundCloud page and subscribe. And that way, you can hear the Andy Maslin episode and all the other things. But for some, again, some hot takes right now. So I'm in New York last week for work. It's raining. I mean, goodness gracious, at least it wasn't freezing. It was raining. It was 60 degrees. But I'm walking around. It's raining, more like misting. And this lady's walking her dog. All very normal so far. The issue is the dog has on like four little boots like rain boots or aqua socks. Remember aqua socks from like the 90s? And so the dog's walking down the sidewalk. And all I have to say, and this is not the dog's fault, but if you've got time to put water shoes on your dog to go out for a walk in the rain, you either got way too much time on your hands or you shouldn't be a dog person because clearly you got too much time on your hands. Because if you don't want your floors dirty from your dog's feet, you don't, you don't deserve a dog. You don't need to have a dog. Get an indoor pet. Get an iguana. Get a goldfish. Get a house cat. Takes care of your rodent problems. But 
I'm not talking about snow and ice for your poor dog. It's not like it was freezing and the dog's padding on its feet. We're going to get frostbitten. It was 60 degrees. No time for aqua socks. Okay, number two. You know how in airports, if you're trying to bring on carrying luggage, and if they don't like the looks of your luggage, they think it's too big, they make you kind of size it, and they say, oh, okay, you're fine, or oh, sorry, you got to check your bags. Okay, well, I feel as if, and this is not... A, a riff on uh, people who are obese. Because frankly, a lot of people, myself included, just happen to have really broad shoulders. And whether you all think I'm obese or not, that's okay. But I'm not talking about making any fat jokes or anything like that. I'm talking broad-shouldered people, okay? You can't put broad-shouldered people in the middle of a three-person section and coach. Because not only is that person not comfortable, but because they're broad-shouldered, they're inherently going to make one or both the person on the window or the aisle uncomfortable, too. There are certain people, and I would put myself in that area, in that category, that just shouldn't be middle-seat people. And again, I'm leading the charge on that. I'm not trying to make any jokes that I don't myself own. But if you're going to size bags and say, oh, my bag can't go on overhead, it's too, it's too wide, it's too broad across the top or the middle or whatever, well, guess what? Broad-shouldered people shouldn't be in the middle of coach either, myself included. Finally, and this is a little bit weird, but stay with me. So Roseanne is coming back, the TV show Roseanne. We're all really excited. And by we all, I mean uh, early millennials, certainly late Gen Xers, people who are kind of tweeners like myself. We all liked Roseanne. We all understand Roseanne. Nostalgia is very big in television right now. Really excited for Roseanne to come back. Actually, I don't have any hot takes on it yet at all. It hasn't started. But here is a hot take, and bear with me. If we can do Roseanne, it is a shame because of all the things that have come out about this person that we can't do a remake of the following show. Bill Cosby has done a lot of very bad things for a lot of years. The Cosby Show reruns have disappeared from television, and of course we're not going to remake The Cosby Show. Of course we're not going to bring back the original cast in the form of at least Bill Cosby as Cliff Huxtable. Totally fair, wouldn't want it to happen. But it's a little bit of a bummer for the rest of the cast. Felicia Rashad, Malcolm Jamal Warner, the rest of the crew, Lisa Bonet, because guess what? They weren't terrible, horrible creeps for the last 40 years like Bill Cosby was, and we loved that family. They were great. So I got this idea because apparently Roseanne is bringing back the, the Dan character of John Goodman, even though... At the end of the actual original run of the series, Dan died. So if we can just hit the reset button after 20 years and somehow spin it that Dan never died, and that's cool, we certainly can reboot the Huxtable family, sans Cliff, no Bill Cosby, no Cliff Huxtable, to be 100% clear. We can certainly reboot the rest of the family. We can totally say that Cliff isn't around anymore, for, and you can make up any bad or good reason you want for Cliff Huxtable, the character, to not be around, and then bring back the rest of the family. Hot take, not trying to get anybody in trouble, including myself. I'm just saying. PhilBusterFreestyle.com. Coming up next, for those of you listening to this, the great Andy Maslin comes in for the rant of the month. Remember, uh, if you want to hear that, you got to subscribe on iTunes, Filibuster Freestyle, leave a review, let your friends know about it, help people find it. That's what we really appreciate. For those of you listening, audio, Andy Maslin next. And for those of you not, including my cousin Barbara, thanks for watching, Barbara, and everybody else. Got the light from Barbara. God bless you. And we'll talk to everybody soon. Filibuster Freestyle, it is your buddy, Gavin. Ladies and gentlemen, there we go. Andy Maslin has joined us as promised. Tis your buddy, Gavin. 
Andy and I just had a heck of a pre-production meeting in which we had some serious technical issues, but I think it's working. Andy, how are you? I'm doing phenomenal, Gav Money. How are you? Oh, man, I'll tell you what. Uh, very embarrassing to uh, have the crack research team think they had things all lined up for us and then to learn, wasting your precious time, that no, in fact, we did not. But we're using the, the mic again. The new Blue Yeti mic, and I'm going to try to keep your levels good. We figured it out midstream with Jeremy Johnson last week. We're hoping we can figure it out from the get-go with yours truly, Andy Maslin. So we brought you on for a couple reasons, bud. It's been about a month, and we said we were going to do a, a week, sorry, a monthly Andy Maslin's rant of the month. I don't know what it is. Why don't you just get us started with that, and I will respond as best I can. Well, we had a couple of options for the rant. Um, one of them was going to be, um, I just thought of it coming on, that since I'm not on the freestyle for a full episode, I don't get to hear the theme song. So I feel I should have my own theme song, possibly the A-Team um, theme song where the, the van's coming through. Oh, yeah. I think that could be good, but that, that just came to my mind right now. That's not the real rant. There's a possibility of ranting about wearing bad socks for the day because I made a bad decision putting on socks this morning and they fell down all day. Oh, kind of ruined my day. The worst kind uh, of socks. We, yeah, we decided not to go with that one. We decided to go with one, and it's a little bit Patriots-related um, just because it's come, a lot, come up a lot recently, but it's more in general. I hate, absolutely hate, cannot stand the ignorance and the idiocy of the fans who think that the refs are off, are against their team and that the refs are rooting, actively rooting for the other team and making calls that make the other team win. It is the most asinine thing I've ever heard, and people argue it. They're like, oh, we're playing the refs today. You know what? Sometimes the refs stink. I will be the first one to that there is some bad refereeing in professional sports, yes. in college sports, in youth sports, in recreational sports. Sometimes refs just aren't good. But they are not intentionally rooting against your team or going against your team, for the most part, unless you're Tim Donahue. But <laughs> in, the, in the case of the Patriots um, or the NFL teams, like these replays are pretty friggin' good. And like people are like, oh, the, 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 the fix is in. The fix is in. Shut up. This is a billion-dollar <laughs> industry. The fix is not in. Correct. I will say that sometimes there are questionable calls as you go lower and lower in the level of sport. So, for instance, um, and it's not because it's necessarily fixed, again, unless you're Tim Donaghy, former disgraced, well, currently disgraced and former NBA official. But there's only so many good refs, just like there's only so many good quarterbacks, receivers, linemen, point guards in basketball, goalies in hockey, like there's, if, every, if being Tom Brady was easy, everybody would have Tom Brady. If being a great referee was easy, everybody would ref a game very well. And so the further you go down the, the, uh, you know, the levels, you, know, you get to Division I basketball or Division II basketball or high school basketball, you're paying these people less and less. You're more and more desperate to have somebody who's semi-trained and competent to ref your game. Those people are more likely to be affected by home crowds by lack of confidence, by lack of understanding of the rules. So I'm frankly a million percent with you on your rant, Big Andy, because the bottom line is they're trying the best they can, but if I go run a marathon, I might not finish, and the dude who won the Boston Marathon knew he was going to be in the top five. He's a better marathoner, and referees are better referees. I'm with you. Keep rolling. What do you got? I mean, 
kind of along the same lines. And um, like you, I've lived in a few different places and have friends that are that are all over the place. And from that, I'm fr- especially with social media, friends with groups of many different fan bases. Sure. Um, and I nothing nothing is better to me when I go on Twitter or Facebook. And it's like my team, like the Patriots against the Dolphins or the Bucks or, or you know, somewhere where I have a large amount of friends of that fan, of, of um, like friends that are fans of that team. Yep. And, and they're all watching the game on TV and both fan bases will be complaining that the announcer is against their team. <laughs> or Joe Buck, Joe Buck hates, hates the Patriots. Joe Buck, you know, you know it used to be like you Red Sox all the time. You would Watch the Red Sox fans, and they talk. Then you look; these announcers are against are against the Yankees. It's like, no, they're not. They're announcing a game. Correct. Correct. <laughs> and, and I will it, say, it, it, it's like fans fans just look for something to latch onto that they want to think everyone's against them. The refs, the announcers, the league. No, your team wins or loses based on what happens on the freaking field. Correct, especially with the announcers. The announcers have nothing to do with it at all. Uh and frankly, both fan bases think that Joe Buck or whomever the national guy is, is rooting against their team, which means they're doing their job and being impartial, and you just don't like what they're saying because you don't <laughs> like the result of the play. Yeah, exactly. Nice, man. Well, I think it's a very, very appropriate rant. And let's stay with football for a minute. A couple things. Really quickly, or not quickly if you want to expound on it, I don't want to get into picking the AFC championship with you. We're both Patriots fans. There's no there's no real there's no real reason to do so, but NFC championship game, who you got? What are you thinking? Well, quick quick rant since I'm on to rant, I will say one thing that I love that I always find amusing is when you see a local radio station, whether it this week be Jacksonville or Boston or TV station, or, you know, like, fan account, like, you know, Patriots fan on Twitter, you know, you know like, like Patriots fan on Twitter has 100,000 followers. Sure. They put up a poll. Who do you think's going to win this weekend, Patriots <laughs> or Jaguars? It's like, your, <laughs> your fan base is is the Patriots. They all think the Patriots are going to win. You don't need the poll. Um, <laughs> Amazing. 90% of the people said we'd win. <laughs> yeah. Shocking. Shocking. Didn't see that one coming. Um I don't know, NFC, I, I think it's the Vikings. I just, I mean, Philly's good. I just, I mean, I even with Wentz, Wentz, Philly would be, I think with Wentz, Philly would be, you know, especially being at home, they'd okay. be slightly favored. Um, and I'd probably pick them, but I think it would be a great game. I just don't see Nick Foles winning an NFC championship game. Yeah, that's f- very fair. And I think a lot of people would say they don't see Case Keenum on the road doing so either. Definitely feel like if we had Carson Wentz in this game, uh, it would be Eagles game to lose. Um, The Vikings are either going to come out and lay a turd sandwich because of all the emotions that went into how they won that game in the last second on a basically a Hail Mary slash missed tackle to end the game. But if they can suppress uh, the obvious letdown of having to get prepared to play again and I would think with the Super Bowl trip back home on the line they'd be able to do that I think it's going to come down to who makes the least mistakes Um, and I think Keenum this season has a longer and bigger sample size of making fewer mistakes obviously Philly's at home I'm, I'm not surprised either way I think end of the day gun to my head for my Philly fans 
I'm going to go rematch the Super Bowl 39 if the Patriots can do their part. I think the Eagles will eke by because they're at home and it's outside. But uh, if the Patriots or Jaguars have to play the Vikings in their first ever home team Super Bowl, that is going to be a sight to behold. Yes, I, I did see the other day that the AFC is the home. It would be the home team in the Super Bowl, so they would have the Vikings locker room. Super, I saw, super I ironic. That. By the way, that's not going to give the Vikings extra motivation when they have to get relegated to like the JV locker room in their own stadium. Yeah, I, I uh, also saw this week. I saw some great analysis from a Jaguars um, um, Jaguars color person or radio person that the Jaguars want this one more than the Patriots do. Yes, so that's a good reason for them to win because they want it and the Patriots don't. Sounds like um, in the movie Dodgeball, a true underdog story when Pepper Brooks says, they really want to win this game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, And obviously we're both picking the Patriots, and I'm, I'm still picking the Patriots, but I had said before the uh, weekend started, I would rather play Pittsburgh in the AFC Championship game because I think we know what we're getting with them yeah, sure. and we know what the matchup is. And I don't think the Jaguars are going to beat them, but their defense certainly has the pieces in place that give the um, the Patriots trouble. You know, they'll they'll probably put Ramsey on Gronk, um, which will really shut down Gronk and that that pass rush they have. You know, the other you know goes to the other great piece of analysis where Brady's not as accurate when he gets hit. Oh, really? I thought he'd be. I, he, he's more accurate when he's able to stand in the pocket throw when he wants to. That's that's like saying, yeah. For, for those of you who don't know, my, my day job is I, I try to you know raise funds from people. Um, we we're all we're all in sales in some way, shape, or form. But here's the analogy to Brady not being as effective when he's getting hit. Um, when somebody doesn't have a lot of money to give away, I'm not as good of a fundraiser. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. It's bananas with some of the now. Oh, well, when Tom Brady gets hit 30 times in a game, he's less accurate. Really? Thought he'd be more accurate. Well, I'll tell you what. When I have 16 tequila sunrises, I shouldn't drive a car. And that, you know, to take that advice to the bank. (laughs) Wow, tequila sunrise. Where'd that come from? Well, it's a riff. It's the rant of the week. I don't have any notes on this. So it's a tequila sunrise, and I had 16 of them because apparently (laughs) apparently that's my magic limit. I like your moves. I like your style. Speaking of your style and everybody else's style, uh, I'm going to go with a little little very brief soccer talk. London Derby this week, one of the many London Derbies. It's, it's Arsenal versus the rising from the ashes like a phoenix, Crystal Palace. Andy's wife, Linda, is one of the main fans in America, North America, that I know of Crystal Palace. Andy and I have a soft spot in our hearts the Palace. Dan O'Brien of Winewall and Dragons loves the Palace. Andy, I'm going to put this out there for you, buddy. If Crystal Palace beats in the league slumping Arsenal, I'm going to elevate Crystal Palace over the Gunners in my heart. And the only way the Gunners can fix that is if they were to win the entire Europa League and automatically qualify for next year's Champions League, which is a very tall ask of them based on the fact they couldn't even beat Bournemouth or... Nottingham Forest in the last two weekends. Wow. But I, th- I actually think both things are possible. I think Crystal Palace could upset the Gunners this weekend. Yep. And I do and I do think that Arsenal is probably the most talented team in the Europa League and should be a good chance to win it. Well, the thing with Arsenal, especially when they bowed out of the FA Cup by starting a team of like nine 20-year-olds with no experience and losing to a weaker side... 
they're, they're clearly putting almost all the eggs in their basket this spring into winning the Europa League, just like Man U did last year. Because it lets you bypass the gauntlet of trying to find a way to come in fourth from their sixth-place perch, eight, nine points back right now, of the Champions League, if they just go out and win the Europa League and get an automatic qualifier. So I'm with that, and I hope they pull that off. I would love to see them raise any type of international silverware rooting for it, but I will say this. They blow this weekend's derby to the, to the Palace. I'm all Palace the rest of the way. All right, man, all right. I mean, it's going to be a bumpy ride if you're I mean, there, there, there is something about being a fan of Palace, just like when I was a fan, fan of Fulham. It's a completely different feeling of rooting for a championship against rooting not to get. You're rooting for a tie every week. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's like, oh, I mean, I mean, we're in, we're in, we're in 17th place. Hopefully, we can stay there. I don't want to get relegated. (laughs) It's different. It's a different perspective. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about doing it. Um, All right, I'm gonna switch gears. I got two in honor of the Andy Maslin rant of the week. Rant of the month, excuse me. I keep calling it a rant of the week. Maybe it's because we talk weekly and you usually rant. But anyway, we publicize at least once once a month. Uh, I got two random thoughts from today. Number one, Ain't Talking About Love by Van Halen is, I think, their best overall song. I think it's their most Van Halen-esque song. It hits everything those guys do great and none of the stuff they don't do great. You have any thoughts on Ain't Talking About Love? I, I, I agree. Great song. That when you're talking true, like the Van Halen sound, that nails it. Yeah, there are a couple Van Halen songs that are a little more like lovey-dovey, not rock songs that I really like. No question. But when when you're nailing like the Van Halen like rock sound that involves Eddie just you know wailing on the guitar, some hard drum beats, some yelling into the mic, that that is the sound. Yeah, because what that song does is it yeah it's full on Eddie Van Halen guitar only, no piano. He's a virtuoso on the piano too. It's uh, actually Diamond Dave with a little bit of a talk banter, but not too much, and actually pretty good talk banter. It's actually yeah. part of the song, not just some outtake from recording. And then it's Diamond Dave actually singing well for the entire song. And then Michael Anthony and Alex Van Halen are, are always on point. And I just think. I don't know why it hit me today. I've been listening to Van Halen forever. That song came out like before I was born, right around then, late 70s. But if someone was like, what's Van Halen all about? I think Ain't Talking About Love is my choice. Now, if that wasn't random enough for all of our friends on the Filibuster Freestyle Podcast Network, filibusterfreestyle.com, and as I continue to vamp, please everybody go to iTunes, subscribe, leave a review, tell some friends. Thank you. If that wasn't weird enough and outlandish enough, I'm going to have a hot take on Vince Carter, basketball superstar, 40-year-old NBA player, Vince Carter. What do you think about that, Andy? Do you want to hear about it? Um, if you were to ask me still in the league or not, I would I would say not, but I know he is still in the league. So Right. Now, he's officially he's 40 years old. Okay, He'll be 41 in April or so August. He's been in the league for probably 20 seasons. This is his 20th season. Okay, so... Here's my Vince Carter take. It's, it's, actually, it's a little longer than it should be, but I wanted to make some good points on Vince Carter because I was shocked that he's still playing, okay? First of all, he left school early, but he played three seasons at UNC. In those three seasons he was at UNC, they made the Final Four twice. Now, you might remember a few years after he left and he was drafted number five in the NBA draft in 98, he finished his degree and he walked at graduation the same day as he had a playoff game later in the day. Do you remember that? I 
do. I, I vaguely, but I do, yes. And here's my beef. People gripe all the time that these college athletes don't go to school, okay? And here you have Vince Carter leaves a year early, number five pick in the draft, rookie of the year in 1998-99, his first season, slam dunk champion in 2000, his second season. In his third or fourth year, they're in the second round of the playoffs, decides he wants to go to back to Chapel Hill and walk. And those same sports people who crush these guys for not going to school crush him for not being focused enough, not being blah, blah, blah. Well, listen, if Vince can't walk on a field and then fly in a private jet to play in a basketball game at age 24, I would give you credit, but 17 years later, he's playing in the NBA at 40 years old. Um, Quick question, though. Are you ranting about something that happened 15 years ago? Well, here's what I really want to rant about, though. I want to rant about the superhumanness of Vince Carter and why we're not talking about this. Eight-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA, probably the best slam-dunk champion of all time outside of Jordan, okay, but... Seven NBA teams, a gold medal, 11th all-time in career earnings. So what I wanted to rant about was not only do these guys say you should stay in school, you can't trust the NBA, and then they killed him for getting his degree in walking. He made $167 million. Only 10 guys ever have made more money than him. So to everybody who's ever talked smack on Vince Carter, you're the joke. You're the joke. That's my rant. He's Teflon, baby. He's the when he was, best. When he, was the dunk, when he was in the dunk championships a couple of years in a row, there, he had a great shoe contract, too. So he's made a ton of money. No question. Now, really fun facts to close it out because he is in his 20th season. Only six other guys have played 20-plus seasons in the NBA. Do you want to guess who they are? Um, or any of them? One of them, Kobe? Yes, Kobe played 20 seasons. Um, I'm going to say, I just had someone else on my mind, um, Tim Duncan. Not Tim Duncan. He was short. Uh, what's interesting though is Kobe and Vince are the only wing players to play 20 plus seasons. Everybody else was basically a center or a post. Kobe, of course, came out of high school. Vince played three years in college, which means Vince is older than Kobe and still in the league. Did David uh, Robinson play 20? He did not, because he had to do that naval service. But Kevin yeah, okay. Kevin Garnett, so another high school guy. Another high school guy, yeah. Okay. Dirk Nowitzki, who's still in the league. Yep. Kevin Willis, the old Atlanta Hawks and Houston Rockets uh, center forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, the great Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, might have heard of him. Once, yeah, he was, a, he, was a, he was a good actor. Yeah, very good actor from the Airplane series. 20, 20 years for him. And then at 21 seasons, the chief, Robert Parrish, Celtics great, all-time record for seasons played in the NBA. My rant, Andy, is at any time you can get the shout-out to the Chief, you go ahead and take five minutes of everybody's time to get there. Did, did you really just land the plane by, the Vince Cutter plane, by going to Robert Parrish? That is exactly how this rant started in my head, and it's exactly how I finished it. <laughs> Legalized marijuana ranch or something like that, but hey, I like it. Honestly, as I was thinking about the word chief, it crossed my mind. <laughs> Let's save that one for another time, guy. Good God. <laughs> yeah, we're just we're just two peas in a pod. So Andy You are, you are a mass of master linguist to make that happen. Yes, well I tried my best. We landed the plane. We only lost a couple uh, a couple of drink carts, but we're okay. <laughs> 
Oh. Exactly. Kareem was flying the plane. And Kareem, see, you didn't realize that Kareem was the co-pilot and that Robert Parrish was flying first class. <laughs> I, I, you know, I like it. I like it. And Vince Carter, whose nickname was Air Canada, was the plane. <laughs> Whoa. Now, now we are doing an advertisement for legalizing and stuff. Just kidding, everybody. I am bone dry, always, all the time. All right, this one's off the rails. Andy, stick around for a minute, catch up. Ladies and gentlemen, Andy Maslin's Rant of the Month can only be found, philbuffsoffreestyle.com, on our Facebook page, on our SoundCloud page, and everywhere else that has Andy Maslin's life, like The Scruffy Life, which is Andy's blog, which his daughter has uh, got in the way of him writing. But anything coming from Scruffy Life, Andy? Just fighting with people on Twitter. <laughs> By the way, check out Andy Maslin at one of his two handles, either I am Andy Maz or The Scruffy Life, at The Scruffy Life. And he'll fight with people on Twitter for you. Yeah, just for fun. Just for fun. For S's and G's. All right, Andy, stick around, catch up. We'll catch you later. Hopefully, good luck to all the football teams, especially the ones from New England. <laughs>